from Post Loudness, this is Open Ended. A show about two best friends who blur the lines between fiction and facts. Hey everybody, it's Cher. And I'm James. In this episode, we're going to talk about crushes. Ooh, but more particularly, the little train crush. Yeah, I think train crushes are some of the funnest and most briefest of moments where you kind of have human interaction, but not really. Oh, I'm totally right there with you. Like, it can be something as fleeting as like, you're just like sharing a platform with somebody and you imagine your life with that person for like a brief second and then they just whisked away. And the main reason why I was, like, super, like, into this idea, because, like, you texted me and you were like, yo, I got this, like, wild story to tell you. Yeah. So, oh, man. Well, this story is actually, like, 10 years old. But um, it I was reminded of this story recently because I thought I saw that train crush <laughs> that I had from 10 years ago. Oh, man. And I, like, my heart stopped it was like in my throat. I was like, I've been preparing my whole life for this moment. And then it wasn't <laughs> him. And I was devastated. Way more devastated than I think that the matter actually earned. But um, <laughs> um, so in college, I worked in the suburbs of Chicago and a little place called Lyons, Illinois. It's most notably known for being the suburb suburb next to Brookfield Zoo. It's actually <laughs> not where Brookfield Zoo is. Brookfield Zoo is in Brookfield. Brookfield but- Zoo fun fact is incredibly legendary i gotta say oh yeah it's great it's a fantastic zoo if you're ever in the area you should come through they have a fantastic dolphin show um i digress though so i worked at this hotel out in the suburbs i worked the night shift there for i guess two years in college it was a great little gig because i was able to do term papers in the middle of the night and basically get paid to do my homework because no one came there in the middle of the night except for like people who wanted to have a little fun um for three hours and then check out so a you know who am i to judge you know i was getting paid to do my homework or sleep in the bathroom because i was tired so (laughs) um during these late night trips, I was coming back from the city, or rather coming into the city from my overnight shift at 7 a.m. And it ended, and there was this guy who I saw every day for like three months. And we would always sit on opposite sides of the train car, and we would just look at each other. And like sometimes he'd wave at me, sometimes I'd smile, but every day I would see him. Okay, so real quick, you have to describe him, like, I, sure. just so I can have a visual while I'm Absolutely. Um, I would say about six feet tall, brown-skinned, um, really kind eyes. The kind of eyes are, like, <laughs> it's a little round, and he has a kind of, like, a sleepy look about him. Granted, it was 7 a.m., <laughs> so, of course, he was sleepy. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, full lips... Um, yeah, and he had like a nice, he had like a cropped um, hairstyle. So like, you know, he had like a nice little fade, good lining. Um, very important. Very important. I mean, like, I have standards. Even if it is, you know, a, a subway crush, you know, I have standards. No fucked up lines here. Um, 
and he had a black pea coat on because most of the time that we saw each other was in the winter time. And we would sit on opposite ends of the train car. And at the time I had a boyfriend, very solid, very committed boyfriend, but there was those moments where we're on the train together maybe for a half hour. And the, the most intriguing part of this whole story is that like we would have the train car by ourselves because the train line we went on was um, not as frequently used. It was in Chicago, it was called the Pink Line. And it only goes to a very weird section of the city, like far west, goes through Pilsen, but then also goes through um, this neighbor, this uh, suburb called Cicero. And I would take a pace bus from the, the last end of the line to my job and back and forth. So it was always empty really early in the morning. And I would get on the train about 7 a.m. was before rush hour really started. So we would have the whole train car to ourselves. And oh it was God. like we were, yeah, so we had, it was like a, like a morning date every single day for like Aww. months. And Okay, so I, real quick. So you yeah. said like you're seated, you're seated in this train car. Like are y'all right. seated like across from each other? Y'all like kind of seats down? Like what's the situation there? Sure. Um, on the CTA trains, there are uh, seats that go forward and then they face backward. He was on the one end of the car that faced towards the direction the train was going, and I was on the opposite side of the train car where it was facing towards the back of the train. Oh, man. So we were, like, across from each other but on opposite ends of the train. And we always, like, I guess I was, like, our comfort, like, it was my favorite seat on the train, and I guess I was his favorite seat on the train, but we never actively sat next to each other, no matter what. We just always sat very far apart, but I could, but I could like see him like clearly. He could see me clear as day. So there was no obstruction between us because there was only people in the car (laughs) for like, and it was like it was like this for like three to five stops. Like it was like intense. We were like by ourselves, and we would never speak. We always had our headphones. We had our earphones in, listening to whatever music I was listening to me likely listening to something fucking from Radiohead or listening to something from you know whatever was popular in 2007 so um <laughs> Panic of the Disco probably so Buy I you a drink by T-Pain was pretty popular then this is fair so like yeah so I was you know listening to whatever was out in 07 and he was listening to whatever he was interested in listening to but I never had a conversation with him for three entire months we saw each other every single day and when I stopped seeing him I got really sad I like and I had a boyfriend I had like somebody I loved and like was committed to back at home but for those brief moments every morning I had like another boyfriend and another person who my like he was like, okay, I can like, it was kind of the ending of my day. And I was the start of his day because I had just ended my shift at work and he was probably going to class or whatever he was doing. But it was kind of like, if I didn't see him, it didn't feel like my day was fully, you know, ending. So after three months, I didn't see him anymore. And I was just like really sad about it. And then I never saw him again. And so Did you ever couple- get a whiff of his smell? No, I have no idea what he sounds. I have no idea what his voice sounds like. Oh, wow. I have no idea. I have no idea, like what even looks like up close, because I have never been really close to him before, or ever close to him. He was just on the other end of this train car that I saw every single day, and um, so when I, you know, 
thought I saw him a couple weeks ago in real life, 10 years later, I was like, oh my God, this is real. Love is real. And then it wasn't him. And I was devastated. I was like, oh my God, I didn't realize, you know, how sad I was. And the relationship I was in in those days, long since gone. That guy has completely moved on with his life. I moved on with my life. So like that relationship is dead. And the idea of like all these years have passed and possibly seeing this guy that I saw every single day in this train car, you know, I thought maybe I'm supposed to be here. I was like really like like <laughs> like, in, like, in, like in two like the, the thirty seconds that I thought it was him. I was like, all of my all of my actions, all of my decisions have led to be this moment. And I was really like hyped about it until, of course, it ended up not being him, and then. I was um, pretty, pretty bummed. Um, I was already having kind of a rough week. I was like, of course, the guy that I thought I thought I saw <laughs> um, was this guy that I had like, you know, wistfully thought about, you know, you know, and I for t- 10 years. And the thing is, like, I hadn't even thought about him in such a long time until I thought I saw him again. It was like all these really suppressed memories or whatever came to the surface. Sure. So, sure. yeah. Yeah, it's it's strange when you like have this entire fantasy, this entire like written history between this person, and you know, I'm sh- I, I hope that he's okay. I hope that he's having a happy life wherever he is. I hope that he is successful when he's doing. Um, but yeah, it's just um, it's just interesting to think about someone that you will, will never really meet or really, never really know, and having not just a crush but like this fantasy. Well, I mean, like, let's be real. He might be a listener. Um, homie in the black coat. Holla <laughs> at your girl. If you are listening, <laughs> if you remember a light-skinned girl who would wear a pink peacoat every morning on the pink line train, 7 a.m., holla at me. Um, <laughs> it was probably early 2007, so... Uh, <laughs> I, you it's know been what? a minute. I like to I like to think that like somewhere <laughs> he's in a, he's in a studio right now recording a message as well to you. Mm. <laughs> and hoping that so you nice. listen. So <laughs> I don't know. I believe in it. I believe. In it. I believe in love. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think just the idea of interacting with people and not really interacting with people it's so there's something beautiful about that about having relations or having interactions with people and never actively interacting with them and just like kind of sharing a space together with somebody even if they don't realize it themselves you know yeah and i like to think that he did feel something too um the last time we saw each other and I don't know, maybe I'm making this more than what it actually is, but he waved at me both times. Ooh. When he got on the train and when he left the train, he waved. And so I waved back. Like... Or maybe that was his goodbye. You know, maybe he knew something that I didn't <laughs> know. Maybe he knew something like, you know, maybe he like, I'm not going to take this train anymore. Maybe I'm quitting this job or maybe I'm moving away <laughs> in this train line. But like, it was a nice farewell and I didn't know it was a farewell until, you know, it was a farewell. But I like to know that was kind of like a coda to whatever oh, our silent relationship was. <laughs> Honestly, the only way I can relate to that is just like whenever I get a new job and I'm no longer going to the same cafe. I feel like I'm like breaking up with the baristas. 
Oh man! I'm like, this will be the last time. <laughs> but they don't over. know. But they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> This week of Open Ended, we are sponsored by, you guessed it again, Field Notes Brand. They make those cute little notebooks that you've probably seen all the cool people pulling out of, like, whatever pockets they have. I don't know what kind of pockets, like, I don't know. Anyway, Field Notes Brand. It's awesome. Probably a male, a male-shaped pocket. <laughs> that is gendered. Excuse me? <laughs> hey, they're gendered-looking pockets. Are you kidding? Wait. So, so real quick, what what the fuck is a gendered pocket chair? I don't know a big pocket because they always make little lady pants um, pockets, super fucking small. My God, we're kind of this is not about field notes, but also I have some great. This is the most problematic ad ever in the world. <laughs> field notes can fit in any pocket that you choose. To be completely honest, whether you have a fake pocket, whether you have a real pocket. <laughs> Gender neutral pocket. Like we are, we are here. We are here for field notes. We are indeed, and you can learn more about them at their website, fieldnotesbrand.com, or you can go to their really beautiful offices here in Chicago at four hundred one North Racine. Yeah, and to be completely honest, like Field Notes Brand does not care about what pockets that you have. Like I Mm-mm. swear, don't don't listen to share in this situation. Okay, <laughs> Field Notes. It wasn't even necessarily like a field notes like grievance. Is where like my small ass pants pockets that I don't like appreciate because I choose to wear female clothing or rather uh, clothing that are quote unquote meant for women. Oh my god! I personally I've never been to the field notes offices yet because obviously I'm not in Chicago right now. But you like you gotta go. You gotta yeah. tell me if field notes has like specialized like notebooks and they're just organized by pocket size. Ooh, I could I can make that into the suggestion box. Oh my god! <laughs> so Field Notes brand, um, dare to jot down your notes. Um, like I said last week, don't be a punk. Use paper. Don't be like me. Get Field Notes. Hey, Cher. Hey. Do you know what time it is? It is open call time. It's open call time. <laughs> Open call. It is open call time. So if you are unfamiliar with open call, open call is where we give a shout out to what it is that we're feeling this week. It could be a concept, it could be an idea. It's honestly whatever we want. So, Cher, what are you feeling this week? So I have rewatched maybe the third time of the Showtime show from 2000-2005, Queer as Folk, and it has not aged well. It did not stand the test of time whatsoever. Um, there is some stuff that is very problematic. There is some stuff that is still actively uh, very relevant to these days. I guess the way they feel about Bush is how people have felt or currently feel about Trump, mm-hmm. if not more so. But there's some like wildly problematic terms, like they use the word tranny a lot. Oh boy. Yeah, a lot. But I mean, like they're. Yeah, but I mean, like, in 2000 and, you know, in the early aughts, that was a perfectly fine word. And most of the cast and um, most of the writers were queer. Yeah, but, like, so, at the same time, we're, like, trans transphobia um, is, like, still is still very, like, um, apparent in, in queerness. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely, absolutely. So, like, it was just, like, very kind of, like, oh, shit. Like, just kind of readjust my fact, like, oh, God. yeah. Yeah, they're just gonna use that just out here. So, um, 
Yeah, and um, it is a very trash TV show. Like, like not not because like it was revolutionary because of the way they approached the idea of like gay culture. But it wasn't so much about gay culture; it's more about gay sex. Um, it's it's low key soft core uh, gay porn. Like there are some like very <laughs> very intense sexual scenes um, between mostly between the lead stars uh, Brian Kenny and Justin Taylor. Justin is like when they first met. Justin was seventeen, and Brian was twenty nine, and he basically turned Justin out. Brian Kenny's like your quintessential fuckboy. But he's, you know, <laughs> got a heart of gold. But he's a fuckboy. Like, he is a fuckboy. Fuckboy like, with a heart of gold. Yeah. And um, I love Brian Kenny so much. He's, he's by far the best character on the show. But in later seasons, it got kind of, like, preachy and kind of, like, lesson of the week-ish. Which is kind of like, ugh, no one cares about this. So kind of like the grassy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kind of like Degrassi, but, like, with gay sex. Like, it's kind of like... Yeah, you know, we're going to learn a lesson here about, like, the way, why, you know, the government is bad, which is fair, but then it's like, then gay sex. <laughs> and it's like, it's it's intense, but, like, um, I think it's also just really funny and dumb and silly. I mean, it's a gay soap opera. Like, that's what it is. And Ooh, I think my favorite, yeah. yeah, it's a gay soap opera. And I love that. I think it's, I think if you just take it as like a soap opera and know that like all these situations are absolutely ridiculous and stupid and really funny or whatever, you can actually enjoy the show. And I think my favorite um, little thing about the show is that they had a parody show within the show called Gays of Blazes. And it was kind of like a fictionalized <laughs> version of the show they were actively in. And how like everybody was obsessed with it except for Brian Kenny, who was like, this show's stupid. Why are you watching this show? Oh, <laughs> so, meta. yeah, super meta. And, um, but they also like talked about like pretty intense subjects like gay bashing, HIV. Um, the idea of same-sex marriage, um, and then just like sex, same-sex like ownership of like you know everything from like buying property together to having like you know um, having adoption, same-sex adoption. So like they brought up a lot of like very prominent conversations that were happening in that time, but also they were problematic and just the way they talked about certain things and like nomenclatures that were kind of accepted back then or at least not called out for being problematic as they are now so um yeah queer as folk it is on netflix and if you want to watch something kind of absurd but also funny and kind of heartwarming i highly recommend it so what about you james what was your open call of the week hmm <laughs> So I'm feeling, oh geez. So I'm feeling this guy by the name of Matt Ox. So let's let's bring this back here. So <laughs> so at work, I was just like surprised by this video that um, a friend of mine sent me, and it was just like this like 17 second clip of these kids using fidget spinners. If you're unfamiliar with the fidget spinner. Is this like little plastic toy that you essentially like? It's um, you I know exactly what you're talking about now. Play with it. I know exactly what you're talking about. What's up? I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm so I know excited about are. this. I know you are. And you just essentially just kind of like play around with it in your finger. You spin it around. It's addicting. I love it. I love these toys. But in this video, it was just these slow motion shots of these like young young kids like playing around with these spinners and just like bouncing them on their heads and just like what the fuck. 
fuck is this? And like this like trap beat, it's just like low passed under and then just like reveals itself. And all of a sudden this like white kid is just in the center just like rapping his ass off with like a wad of singles or whatever outside of like a bodega with a fidget spinner. I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I put on my journalistic hat and found the original video. It's called Overwhelming by Matt Ox. Of course it will be in the show notes. And I'm sure Cher will drop in a preview right here. Absolutely. And it's just like, why, like, A, it goes hard in a really weird mumble rap Post Malone style, but two, it just features fidget spinners, and it's in Philadelphia, and he's just like, this kid is just like, all you like, he, 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 he literally feel like his his this dude is like putting all his friends on. Like this literally feels like just all of his friends just like chilling, kicking it. Was like, hey, my friend got a Canon 5D. Let's like, <laughs> let's like shoot a music video. Uh, it's adorable. <laughs> it's adorable. Um, I claim I claim the kid in the blue T-shirt who's just cheesing throughout and spinning it on his head. Like I, I saw myself in that little child. And I definitely claim that kid uh, in the green T-shirt with the blue Old Navy uh, thong sandals. That was me. That was me. But I mean, like, I looked at this and I sent it to a friend of the show um, slash my boo thing, Sinead, and was like, this is why we're having kids. And she was like, absolutely not. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) So shout out to Matt Ox. I mean, I don't know if we might get a deal. I mean, like, (laughs) but, you know, let's hopefully this is not a one hit wonder. I want to see what his follow up will be. Uh, Don't put that pressure on him, James. I'm just saying. Kind of pressure on him. I'm Let just saying. We talked about Lil Yachty before Lil Yachty blew up. So I'm putting yeah, on my eggs in put this it, Maddox basket. But you're not putting on like little <laughs> little Yachty like saying, "Yeah, my my G, you got you got to represent. You got to put it up. You got to put it up." Like no, you got to like let him breathe, man. Let him simmer. Let him cut. Yeah, I'm just saying cook, we're, we're we're gonna follow up on this in about six All right. months and let's see <laughs> let's see how he's doing. Sounds good. Episode 89. Holy hey, shit, we're 11 episodes away. We did it. Away we did it. Hey, from 100. Hey. I can't believe it, but Here. I can believe it because we out here doing it. And honestly, I, I just have to say, like, we couldn't have done this without all of y'all that are listening, mm-hmm. like, right now. This, like, still feels like a love letter to y'all each week. So thank you, Major Thank Pasquale. you. Appreciate it. So this episode of Open Ended was produced by Cher Vincent and myself with editorial oversight and sound design by Cher Vincent herself. And we're a proud member of Pulse Loudness and the CPC Chicago Podcast Co-op. Pulse Loudness is a collective of independent audio shows hosted by people of color, women, and queer-identified hosts. And the CPC is the home of, like, the best Chicago-based podcasts. You can recommend us or rate us on Apple Podcasts. You can go over to Overcast, Podcast, or wherever you listen to audio programming. You can give us a donation, either by reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, or you can send us some change going to openended.fm slash donate. Or if you just want to hit us up by email, if you have a thought, go to 
theopenendedpodcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on Twitter at openendedfm. So my personal Twitter is at underscore James T. Green. And mine is at ShareMusings. And you can tweet up the show using the hashtag OpenEnded for any questions or if you just want to say hi. Yeah, definitely say hi. We check it. We both have the Twitter uh, logged in on our phones and we get a little buzz. Mm-hmm. And we feel so nice. Also want to give a shout out to Naylin Blake who gave us a really nice review on Twitter. So yes, we listen, we read your tweets. So you should definitely reach out to us if you so choose. Yeah, and also, Naylin, like, your septum piercing is dope as fuck. Like, I had one that was so much smaller, and now it's, like, making me want to, like, trade it out. So, shout also, out to you, your Naylin. beard is dope as shit. So, <laughs> shout out to you, man. Like, just <laughs> shout out to Naylin all around. <laughs> so, we'll be back next week, but until then, but keep things open ended. Slowness.